It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. buzz it is september most people are kind of back from vacation and this was the first full work week and as i look down at megan's pub from my uh, office space i could see that they are rocking and rolling next door at kevin's the same uh, the same condition and that makes me very very happy um last night we rocked and rolled on the cruise on the uh atlantis i want to thank uh jerry crowley and phil boyce for hosting us and hosting my family. We had such a great time. Um, Mother Nature, God, thank you for that unbelievable weather. Thank you to our sponsors. The whole crew from uh, Mitsubishi, from Freehold Mitsubishi was there, the sponsors of the show. Uh, my Connors and, and Beth from Connors and Sullivan were there. And our friend Susan from Rhino Shield was there. We had a great, great, great time, a great turnout. Piscopo took down the, the house uh, himself and then with his son on the guitar and his daughter on the vocals. It was just a great time. My mom and dad loved it. John Katsimatidis could not have been nicer, friendlier. Margot always is, is just so warm and uh, just a, a wonderful person to spend time with. Uh, and there was also people there from WABC Radio. The, you know, the AM radio community, is uh, it's, it's tight-knit. I give that credit to Jerry Crowley and John Katsimatidis. They're on two stations that should be rivals, but the, you're talking about friends of 30 or 40 years. And so they're, they're not rivals. We're, we're all there to help each other, which is wonderful. Um, those of you who listen to, um, sometimes listen to WABC in the morning, know that uh, Bernard McGurk is a little under the weather. And I was so happy to um, exchange some text messages with him this morning, um, you know, where he answered me and, and he was seen, he was definitely in good spirits. That was a great, great way for me to start my day. Um, we have a great show for you tonight. Um, I have live in my office, which is now my studio, uh, attorney Angelo Genova, who is uh, he just received very recently the National Italian American Federation Award for besides being an unbelievable litigator, an unbelievable uh, role model in the Italian American community. And as anyone who's listened to this show for five minutes knows, that is something that is very important to me. Um, and then I am going to have today this big rap artist, Cardi B, pled guilty to a crime in Queens County. And it's a case that's been going on for a while. And um, we're going to have her attorney, Jeff Kern, uh, on the show as well to fill us in on the facts. You don't have to read the paper. You don't have to listen anywhere else or watch anything else. You're going to hear it from the source, from Jeff Kern, what happened today in, in court, what the case was about, and, and how it wound up. Um, I will tell you what brought a smile to my face. Those of you who listen to this show on a regular basis know I don't really get involved too much in um, – the national stuff. There's plenty of other places for you guys to go to hear about that with people who are much better and much uh, more informed than I am on that front. But when I uh, read today about the governor of Florida, Mr. DeSantis, sending, uh, I want to pull it up so I can see exactly how many people to uh, Rand said about 50 migrants were headed, <laughs> this is great, to St. Andrew's Church in Edgartown and might be given short-term housing at the Martha's Vineyard Agricultural Society. So uh, let me give you a little background. When I was on Fox on a very regular basis, like four or five days a week, uh, there was one particular summer I remember. I went up to Saratoga here in New York to the racetrack, um, and I was recognized very regularly. People, oh, I know. Hi, Arthur. Oh, I love the, the commentary you do. You're on with Shep Smith. You're on with Megan Kelly. I see you on Fox and Friends. And everyone's so friendly and nice, and we had a great time. And I was only there for, for two days, but I was stopped often. It were very much Fox News watchers. 
I then went with my wife shortly thereafter, maybe the next weekend or after that, for like four or five days to Martha's Vineyard. Not one person of the hundreds that I passed by in the different little towns in Martha's Vineyard recognized me because they are not people who watch Fox News. Um, so it just gives you an idea. It really does. And I can, I can talk to our next guest, Angela Genova, about, you know, when you're picking a jury, one of the questions I sometimes ask is, where do you get your news from? Because we've now lived in a culture where where you get your news from really says something about you. It's not like the old days when I was a prosecutor. I was like, oh, I like watching Tom Brokaw on NBC or Peter Jennings on ABC or Dan Rather on CBS. It didn't really say much about who that person was. But now if I'm like, oh, I only watch Newsmax. Well, that says something about what that person is listening to. Or I only watch MSNBC. It says something else. So I think that um, the people at Martha's Vineyard are probably tuned in pretty heavily to MSNBC. And I, what the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, said was, fine, if you want to be a sanctuary place, a state like Massachusetts. But it's not like he dropped them in the middle of Boston or another or another, um, you know, larger city in, in the heart of Massachusetts. He chose Martha's Vineyard, which is a, you know, that's where President Obama vacations. That's where President Clinton vacations. Uh, that is the location where Alan Dershowitz was, was the king of the hill. And because he represented President Trump on the floor of Congress, he is no longer the king of the hill. I, I watched it with my own eyes, him being shunned in a restaurant that, that he and I went to last summer. Um, so there they are in the middle of the vineyard, which I will tell you does not have the infrastructure uh, to handle these, the, you know, just, just like an influx of people who have nothing. I mean, they're showing up basically with the clothes on their back and maybe a little backpack. So DeSantis said, you know, hey, if this is what you want, you want open borders, you want all this freedom and let people just roam right in. OK, no problem. Could, could you do me a favor? Could you handle it? I mean, it's exactly what the the governor of Texas is doing here in New York. But let's face it, um, New York, we have the ability to handle it. Um, I didn't dig too deep into the story, but I do know the mayor had a press conference, Mayor Adams, this morning about putting these people who are coming here from Texas to work. Let's okay, fine. They're here. Let's give them some jobs. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I am, quote unquote, quote, called the quintessential New Yorker, and I'm running around the subway. I'm running around the courts. I'm running around the stores. I'm running around the restaurants. But I keep hearing there is a um, lack of people to work uh, in in various industries. It's not like it's just in one industry. I know right now there's a tremendous shortage of teachers. I believe that's a national issue. I'm not sure if it's a New York City issue. But I know that the, the mayor had a um, press conference today saying, look, these people are coming here. We're going to find them housing and we're going to give them some work so they can put, make some money and, and put it in their pocket. I haven't, I don't know all the blueprints of that plan, but makes sense to me as opposed to just giving them money um, and having people earn money. That sounds like a step in the right direction because there's plenty of work to be done in this city. And along those lines, let me you know, take you for a little peek behind the curtain without violating any um, confidentiality. But I was fortunate enough this week to spend some time with Frank Carone, the chief of staff. I was fortunate enough to spend a little time um, with Brenda McGuire, the, the, uh, the mayor's chief counsel, the chief lawyer of the city. Um, all I could tell you is this. When you put your head on the pillow tonight as New Yorkers, this is not a nine to five operation at City Hall, not by any stretch of the imagination. Frank Carone, the chief of staff, said it on this show months ago, and I will tell you it is still in place. Five days a week at 8 a.m., there is a conference call with the leadership group for the city of New York, the deputy mayors and the people who you, the police commissioner, obviously the mayor, the chief of staff, the chief counsel. Every day at 8 a.m. And you know when it starts? At 8 a.m. Not at 8.01, not at 8.05. It starts at 8 a.m. Um, and that makes me, that should make you, though, especially those of you who criticize me for supporting Mayor Adams, um, and even if you don't like him, it should make you happy to know that they're working. They're working from 8 in the morning and, until late into the evening. 
they know that there are a lot of issues. They know there's a lot of work to be done, but they're doing it. They are. They Rome wasn't built in a day. New York City was. It won't be fixed in a day. Not after a pandemic. Not after inflation. Not after the the economy. Not after bail reform. Not after Riker, Rikers Island problem. But they are on it. Uh, they're not sleeping on the job. And as New Yorkers, we should be very, very happy to hear that. We are going to come back in a couple of minutes. Uh, not even a couple of minutes. A minute and a half. We're going to talk to Angelo Genova. And we're going to talk about being a lawyer and uh, the Italian-American experience. So don't go anywhere. Listen to some of this music Alex is playing. And we'll be right back. So one of the some of the people who I was getting to spend some time with and hang out with yesterday was Mike Connors, and we were talking about this new law that's coming uh, up to up very 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 soon, sooner than you think. And I am going. I already asked Joan to book Mike Connors uh, on this show because those of you who are listening really need to know the intricacies of this law because it matters, and there are time limits here. You know what I'm always telling you. You know, you should do it now. You should do it now. But, you know, you just, there's no time limit on when a will has to be done, when a power of attorney has to be done. The the time limit is this, or the time frame is the sooner, the better. But this is different. There's a new law that's kicking in on January the 1st, 2023, regarding home care benefits. And uh, there, it has to do with money and where your money is and where your money has been and whether there could be a clawback period, a look-back period to determine whether you're eligible for certain home care benefits. These are complicated issues. They're complicated for me, and I'm a lawyer. Um, all I know is that financial transfers must be made and benefits benefit applications must be submitted before December 31st to ensure eligibility and protect your assets. So there's really no time to waste. You have to call Connors and Sullivan. Mike Connors knows his stuff. The lawyers there know their stuff. They've been around for 40 years. You must start the process as soon as possible before the start of December so that your application can be completed on time. So call Connors and Sullivan today. Don't delay. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort. Plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive Pain Relieving Cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. Use as directed. Sloan Martin, Michael Jr. for College Football Saturday Night, powered by Learfield. Week 3 takes us to Seattle. We'll be live from the greatest setting, Michigan State against Washington. Kalen DeBoer, 2-0, is the new head coach of the Huskies, but Mel Tucker and the Spartans have been beaten up on the Mac. Get a big Power 5 test before they head into Big Ten play. You will not want to miss it because Saturday nights are meant to be fun. Catch us right here Saturday at 7.30 on your home for College Football Saturday Night, powered by Learfield. This game can be heard on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Eight eight. Sambolino. I'll give credit to Sambolino. For the Who's movie. that? Louis Prima? Yeah, it's Louis Prima. There you go. Keep it going. Might as well. It's Thursday night. I'm watching everyone downstairs at the Irish pub partying, but I'm going to have a good Sicilian meal after this at Joe G's on uh, 56. So it's going to be fun. I um, 
This is Arthur Idala on AM 970 The Answer, live in New York City. Uh, had a busy day at work, starting early this morning with, you know, the, the, there is no, there is no like 9 to 5 in my world. Uh, the only way that happens is there's that new thing on the iPhone, well, it's not that new, but where you can do the do not disturb, but you can keep your emergency contacts on. So I have, that, that's usually my move if I want to chill. So I keep the parents, the wife, my wife, and um, and Luca are the basically the, those are the emergency contacts. Everyone else gets on do not disturb if I really want to not be disturbed. There's one tiny little story I want to touch on before we get to Angelo Genova that I read about earlier today. Um, I've gotten pretty into the whole Fitbit thing or, you know, any of those pedometers, which measures how many steps you take. And I've always kind of wondered, like, What's this 10,000 steps? Like who, you know, is there a a Harvard study, a Johns Hopkins study? Oh, yeah, you do 10,000 steps and you're going to live forever. It's none of that. It goes back to the 1964 Olympics, having something to do with Japan and the Japanese. uh, There was an inventor of the pedometer and he was trying to basically make money. And the Japanese symbol for 10,000 kind of looks like a person walking so that's where they came up with the 10,000 originally. Now, studies have shown, there have been studies on 5,000 steps a day. There's been studies on 10,000 steps a day. Um, there are other, also other studies about it's, not, it's quality, not quantity. So maybe the pace of what, you know, you know is 6,000 steps going faster, better than 8,000 steps going slower. It's all out there. The bottom, bottom line of all of these studies is, you got to move. The bottom, That's it. You have to move. Uh, in this society, I'm not one of them, but I know there are a lot of jobs that you're locked into your laptop, you're locked into your screen, you're locked into your desk, and it's really hard. You have to go out of your way to get that exercise. I am fortunate enough to be pretty mobile. Um, when I get a phone call, and I know that call is going to be, you know, three, four, five minutes, I get up. I get up from behind my desk and I start walking around my office and I'm just doing circles around the office. That's in the Manhattan office. In the Brooklyn office, we're on ground level. I go right outside. I, go, I walk right around the block. And sometimes people hear me. I'm a little out of breath. Um, but I do enjoy my Fitbit. It measures my sleep, um, my heart rate, my resting heart rate. Um, I do. I, I, I am going to endorse not just the Fitbit, but putting one of those machines on you because it does motivate you. To, to do something. It, it buzzes on you. I mean, you can set it if you sit for more than an hour without moving. Um, and that does happen. Like now I, we have this big sentencing memorandum that's due on Tuesday. God bless Mike Jacarino, my partner. And now Lino Damasi, I'm trying to get him into the mix. He's a little younger to, to learn how to do these memorandums. Because when you're in federal court, um, these sentencing memorandums to the judge are very, very, very important. They really are, are game changers. So um, now that we've entered into the courtroom, I can introduce our guest who's sitting right before me. I met him in, was it April uh, when, when, you're, uh, when you were honored there, sir? It was April. April. Yeah. And um, it, he was honored by the uh, National Italian American Foundation, NIAF. And um, I was so proud because growing up, you know, I grew up in the era of Vinnie Barbarino, and um, Michael Corleone, and um, who else? Uh, Rocky Balboa. Not exactly the shining image of Italian-Americans. Not that they were bad people, but they're not in the league of our guest, Angelo Genova, uh, who is really a prestigious attorney who's done so much good, he has received this prestigious award that has been given to the likes of you know, Sophia Loren and uh, Joe Montana and Al Pacino and, and Giorgio Armani. So, uh, Angelo, first of all, welcome to the Author Idola Power. Well, Arthur, thank you for having me. Um, I have to tell you, I'm very excited to be here. You know, talk about role models. You've been a role model to a lot of Italian American uh, professionals, and I'm excited to be sitting in your office. What I what I want to congratulate you for is as I've listened to your show over over time, you bring the reality of what it means to practice law to people. You know, it isn't, you know, the law and its language creates its own barriers. People don't understand what we do and how important it is in their lives. You make it simple. And I think that's the talent that you bring to the courtroom and you clearly 
bring it to your on-air personality. Well, I appreciate that. And that's to, to be, I don't know, pat myself on the back. First of all, in my mind, I'm too young to be a role model to anybody. But yeah. second, except maybe my five-year-old son, Arthur. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I was, I'm trying to do this in a way that doesn't make me sound like an egomaniac or a moron. It's easy for me to make it simple because I, I that's the level where I feel most comfortable. Um, you know, I didn't go to any fancy schools. I'm, I'm no scholar, but somehow or another, like, and I'm not comparing myself to Ronald Reagan, but he was a great communicator and in a very eloquent but somewhat simple way. I mean, he had messaging that was understandable to everyone, and I think that's why he was loved. And they throwed, and well, he was loved by many, including me. Some think he's the worst president ever, but we could talk about that on another show. But um, that was one of the reasons why I was on Fox was because we kind of break it down. And, you know, Angelo, I, I would like to talk to you about, well, first of all, I want to start at the beginning. Tell us where you, where, where, where it all began. And, and I mean, you have one of the biggest, most prestigious firms that, you know, it rolls off the tongue here in the tri-state area, Genova Burns. How did it all start? Well, I guess it started in uh, around the kitchen table with my mom and dad. Uh, my mom was uh, a war bride. She met my father during the Second World War. Um, um, they married in Italy. He was a serviceman. Uh, she lived in the city of Naples. Um, she came to uh, America with him, and they started a family. They got married in Naples? They got married in Naples, and uh, she was the hat check girl at a hotel that was occupied by the Allied forces. And my father was a corporal who assisted in the management of the hotel, um, which served as a barracks right outside the train station in Naples. It's still there. And um, they met, and he married her there. Uh, the story in the family was Eric Severide, a, fair, a famous journalist. I don't know if you're familiar with him, a war journalist. It was between Eric Severide and my father, and my father won the there courtship. You go. But uh, – it, it started with the values that they instilled in us. You know, Arthur, I'm a lot like you. I'm, I didn't go to haughty schools. I'm a product of public education. And uh, uh, I candidly get most excited when I'm up against the resume in the courtroom because I think I have an edge uh, because I like to think that, like you, um, the ability to communicate is really what, what – what what it's about for me that started by i wanted to be a history teacher and i actually was a substitute teacher and i did my student teaching and i was pretty good at it but what i learned from that training was courts are a lot like classrooms you have a period of time you got to get your points across you got a period of time where you get limited attention unless you can keep people's attention and you want them to come out with learning something so the skill set I learned in that context has carried with me the rest of my life. It's interesting because my, my, one of my closest friends from law school, Noel Downey, yeah. he went to college with the Brooklyn District Attorney Joe Hines' son, yeah. Patrick. And same boat. He was going to be a history teacher. He couldn't wait to get into the classroom. And, you know, in the third year or fourth year of college, uh, Patrick Hines takes Noel Downey to dinner with his father, the Brooklyn DA. Right. And he goes, yeah, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a history teacher. He goes, no, you're not. He goes, you take the LSCT. You're going to go to law school. You graduate law school. You're going to come work for me in the Brooklyn DA's office. And he turned out to be a magnificent trial attorney to, to this day. Well, that doesn't surprise me. So for me, I graduated Rutgers Law School. Uh, I went to big law here in New York. I lasted a year and a half. Um, good law firm. Uh, I learned uh, and applied my trade, but I knew I was entrepreneurial. You learned and, how to do hourly billing, right? Yeah, yeah, I did learn to do hourly billing. But but I learned enough to know what I didn't like. And what I did learn was uh, the business of law because it happened that the partner that I worked with uh, was a very astute uh, business lawyer. What, what part didn't you like? What part didn't – well, I didn't, I didn't like uh, relegating control to other people. I I was of the sort, and I still am, that I want to make the selection of who I want to represent and how I want to represent them. And I felt I needed the freedom uh, to make those judgments, to be the best lawyer that I could be. So knowing that I was always going to be um, a lawyer that was going to be doing it on my racket, which is what I've become, 
Uh, I built one law firm, merged that with another law firm, and then in 89, I started Genova Burns. I was counsel to a gentleman that became uh, the first Italian-American governor in New Jersey, Jim Florio. Um, I'll never forget. I had a. I think I think uh, Bob Graham used to call him Flim Flam Floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, used to, okay. he did call him Flim Flam Floor. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, he was he is a great guy, and I admired him and admired him then. Uh, but uh, on the, I I do recall, and this is something you and maybe your listeners will understand. There was a particular job in the government. Uh, you mentioned Frank Carone, uh, somebody I also know and admire a bit. But you make judgments as to whether you want to go into the government or not, but you're going to be selective about what you do. So there was one job in the government, I was 36 years old, that appealed to me that wasn't going to come my way. So he asked me, so what do you want to do? And I said, well, what I want to do is when they announce your transition team, I want to be standing next to you when they take the picture that I'm the lawyer for your transition team. So I understood the correlation between the visibility that comes with being a high-profile lawyer and that kind of relationship. So predicated on that, I started this law firm and built this law firm, and I have a wonderful group of people that work with me and a terrific team committed to what it is that we do. And tell us a little bit about, you know, what what people know me because I went into the DA's office and I started in criminal law and then I came out and went from there. I mean, now, thank God, I'm surrounded with other litigators who do a lot of civil work, a lot of personal injury work, and my wife does surrogates work, but... um, how did you figure? I mean, you went to the big law firm. Was there something there that wet your whistle? Like, wow, I can't wait to do employment law? Well, you know, I, I thought I was going to be an employment lawyer exclusively, but uh, I, I needed more. I needed more. And I think the case that defined me to the market, defined me to the community of people that choose lawyers, is a notorious case that still turns heads today. But I, I represented the. Uh, New Jersey Democratic Party when the then-Senator Torricelli withdrew as a candidate for office. And he withdrew after the deadline for the withdrawal, and the Democrats were faced with the prospect of not having a candidate to run against the Republican candidate. Do you remember who the Republican candidate was? Yeah, Douglas Forrester. Okay. And um, the uh, United States Senate was 50-50 at the time, so there were all kinds of folks concerned. So just about refresh it. our recollection. Why did Torricelli withdraw? He withdrew because he was being accused of certain ethical improprieties right. uh, in the United States. Senate. My world, we would say jammed up. Yeah, right. Okay. Right. okay. I'm see how polite I am and how Very diplomatic cool. I am. That yes. was that was pretty good. So, so the bottom line was that it was a case that every major lawyer in the country uh, wanted. And who's this New Jersey guy that's going to be handling this case? And I. I thanked Senator Torricelli for giving me the opportunity to represent uh, his interests and won a case that no one expected. And from that point forward, uh, who wound up being being the candidate? Yeah, yeah. Who who wound up being the candidate? Uh, Frank Lautenberg, who went to the United States Senate. Oh, so Lautenberg owes Angelo Genova the... the... They they owe me nothing. Well, but all kidding aside, (laughs) had you not been successful, the Republican would have won automatically. Yeah, I think so. And I think that... uh, And this was the second round for Senator Lautenberg, who is, God rest his soul, has passed. But he had left the Senate. He was eager to get back. This was an opportunity for him. Okay. And just give me... We have two minutes before we have to go to commercial break, but... So you're going to, in that particular case, you had to argue before a judge or judges? Yeah, I went to the, went to the New Jersey Supreme Court, and it was decided by the New How New many Jersey judges Supreme. on the New Jersey Supreme Court? Uh, seven on the New Jersey Supreme Court. Okay, so the same as the New York Court of Appeals. Yeah, yeah. Just give a little insight in, in 120 seconds to the listeners who, you know, because you started this thing saying, you know, about what it's like being a lawyer. What's that like, having the weight of the United States Senate on the balance of the Senate on your shoulders when you're going to go argue in front of seven judges? Well, you know, I, I, I no doubt felt stress and butterflies or whatever. But, but I, I think for me, I find solace in just focusing my attention on what the issue is and making sure that I have the, the research. I, I, I get in a zone before I try a case or before I argue a case. I really distance myself from a lot of diversions. And when you're in a high-profile case, as you might know, Arthur – there are a lot of diversions. People want to talk to you. Media wants to talk to you. The press wants to talk to you. We didn't even talk about what's going on at the home, on the home front. Right, exactly. I'm sure, I don't exactly. think you're a bachelor, right? No, no, no. <laughs> I have a lovely wife, Donna, and, and uh, three wonderful kids and a, 
I'm a very much a doting grandfather. I'll tell you more about that when we You're come a, back. He's a doting grandfather, and this morning I changed a poopy diaper. Uh, <laughs> we're going to take a quick break here on the Authorized Dollar Power Hour. We're going to come back with Angelo Genova, and then we're going to have uh, Jeff Kern, the, the lawyer for Cardi B, who took a plea today in Queens County. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. If you love Broadway, movies, and music, then tune into Broadway at the Russian Tea Room Sunday afternoons at 5. Host Rob Taub interviews the biggest stars, writers, and directors, plus film and theater critics, along with people behind the scenes, from doctors and fitness experts to casting directors, stagehands, and dressers. It's the only show of its kind, and it's right here on AM 970, The Answer. In an era where it's tough to know which news outlet to trust. At a time where it's difficult to find facts, not just opinion. There is an oasis in the news desert. It's the Cats Roundtable. John Katsimatidis, the personification of the American dream, who built a multi-billion dollar business empire, talks with some of the nation's top newsmakers who are shaping the news cycle in the city, the country, and the world. Catch the Cats Roundtable. Every Sunday morning, starting at 8 on AM 970. The Answer. It was my fifth birthday, and my dad was bringing home the cake. Should have been here a half hour ago. The cake never made it, and neither did my dad. That was the day a drunk driver killed my dad. Daddy? Impaired drivers take lives. Think. Sponsored by the New York State Governor's Traffic Safety Committee. Aired in cooperation with the New York State Broadcasters Association. A journey to Israel this November will impact you forever. Join Sebastian Gorka, Dinesh D'Souza, and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, for 10 life-changing days. Register today at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. Freehold Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. You gotta love modern technology. I um I just get a text from a friend of mine from the DA's office, Judy, who just sends me a bunch of pictures, and she goes, Artie, exclamation points, look where I am. And there's all these pictures of Rome, and she's like, uh, do, you know, do you know a good bar I could go to here in Rome where I can mingle? Uh, of course, it's 1230, and I'm a little, yeah, it's 1230, because sometimes they do daylight savings time earlier, later than us. Um, so speaking of Rome, uh, we're with Angelo Genova of the law firm Genova Burns, who um, I met when um, he received a very prestigious award from the National Italian American um, Foundation. I always forget Federation Foundation. There's a lot of these Italian things floating around. Angel, how'd you get this award? I mean, this is a big deal. How did this? I mean, you know, as I said, people like uh, Giorgio Armani, Joe Montana, Leon Panetta, Martin Scorsese. You know, how do you, how do you throw Angelo Genova's well, name? Well, you'd have to ask them, but I, I, I was recognized for my work in the law. Uh, they have a variety of categories. Um, I had interacted with NIEF over the years in a variety of different capacities. A number of people knew me, and it was nice to, to have the overture uh, brought to my attention. So you're a few weeks older than I am. Um, I think a lot more than that. Did you? Uh, Although we have the same hairstyle. There we so, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you make up for it on your face. Yeah, you know, I'm right. a clean-shaven yeah. boy. Um I grew a beard during the pandemic. I, it just didn't – it wasn't about the way it looked. It was about the way it felt. I don't know. It just didn't suit me. If, if you look, there's my father with the, with the hat and the handlebar mustache and the, the goatee. Yeah, I actually grew it to try to do an impression of him. I didn't bring the hat along. Oh, you I didn't? I thought okay. I might confuse you. Right, well, you got to get the, the mustache waxed. <laughs> That's to, right. To, to twirl up at the ends. Um, what was the Italian-American experience like for you 
Um, you know, you were in Rutgers, and where did you go before the law school? I went to actually Montclair State University, where I was today, in, uh, where I was uh, invited to uh, be the master of ceremonies for the inauguration of its new president. So, it was oh, that's fantastic! That Absolutely. Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about the Italian American experience in your youth. Well, you know, my experience a little bit different than others. I think I, I, I um, my mother being a city girl very much had a had a cosmopolitan view of life. She was not from from the the, hills the mountains, of, the hills. Right. She right. wasn't from yeah. Benevento. Yeah, right. She was not, from not, Naples. Not not much not much different than what we experience in this country. And and uh, so she brought a, a a lot of thinking that uh, I think was different. And uh, my gra- on my father's side, they were Sicilians from uh, Calamonici. So the tensions that okay, came now, in the house. Where is Calamonici? Calamonici is in the uh, provincia di Agrigento in, okay. Sic- in Sicily. Uh, so it was it was interesting as a young child to watch the tension between my Sicilian grandmother and my Neapolitan mother. Um, but my Italian experience was I, I grew up in a town in southern New Jersey, the very Italian, uh, and uh, and uh, it was. As I like to joke with people, uh, if, I'll, if I'll go to a restaurant, Fresco's or whatever, I'll look at the menu and say I went to high school with half the people on this menu. <laughs> yeah. But point to all of this is that I grew up in a very uh, very much an Italian environment and one that, that fueled our interest in our heritage and in our culture and something that I, I uh, grasped uh, at a very young age. But most importantly, we grew up with the values of family and the importance of family and the importance of education. Do you have any negative in any negative experience, you came to big law in New York. Was there any type of? Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Uh, my first clerkship was with a big white shoe firm. Uh, it happened to be in New Jersey, and and there were seven clerks that summer: uh, uh, two Jews, uh, three Italians, and um, and uh, and and two wasps. And and when the offers came out, the two wasps, you know, were the ones that got the offers. So you know, I came up at a time where. Um, there were still the vestiges of, of the kind of discrimination that was directed to our community. Um, I think that's dissipated over time along with our assimilation. But I still think those vestiges are there, and I think they're, uh, they're evident in the kinds of portrayals of, um, of, of uh, Italian-Americans in some of the films and, and, and things that you talk about. Well, somehow or another, people just find it very sexy. They just find... Uh the Italian American experience, the negative ones, you know, it's, it's from Garibaldi right on through. There's a, there's a, obviously there's a draw, right? I mean, it, it, and some of it is very well done. I mean, I, I mentioned some names. I mean, uh, the Godfather is a spectacular flick. So is, so is Rocky. I mean, I have Sylvester Stallone. That guy wrote it, wrote it, and he, they offered him. I know Mario told me this recently. A certain amount of money, he but they wouldn't let him star in it. He turned it down, and he- yeah, I I I think that the portrayals are not per se problematic. I just think there has to be balance. I mean, I I, I think I mean I The Godfather is one of my favorite. No, movies. it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, and, and for film, you know, for for film, cinematography, direct everything. Uh, I just think what what we need to do as a community is invest as much energy. In portraying other heroes or other circumstances, yeah. and, and unfortunately, and, I don't think there's going to be a great yeah. blockbuster about Scalia and Alito, but we'll figure <laughs> it out. Um, so you, you mentioned family. Um, what is it? What's the toll on your family for as, as a trial lawyer? Well, you know, my first marriage failed, uh, so I'm being candid with you, and and a lot had to do with. Uh, there is a reality to the to the law being a jealous mistress. I mean, I don't. We lawyers. When we take cases, we take people's lives in our hands. We're surgeons, and I'm not sure everybody embraces it that way, but that's how I brace it. And when the person's on the operating table and there's a stat, you got to be there. You got to be prepared when you walk into that operating room, which is our which is our trial room. And our our lives and our professions are not project driven; they're relationship and and driven to a result. And whatever it takes to get to the result that's in the interest of your client, you have to do. And that doesn't always happen between 9 and 5. More often than not, it doesn't happen just between gonna 9 say and 5. That. You know, the best briefs I've written have been in the wee hours of the morning. The best arguments I've come up with have been in the wee hours of the morning. You know, I, I, I for whether it's insecurity or other things, I want to be 10 steps ahead of the other guy. And it's a level of work that is taxing on the body and on the mind. But I've been lucky... Uh, that I've been able to um, 
succeed and give my family a good life. And I married to a lovely woman who was in our business as a, as a paralegal for a PI lawyer for 25 years. She gets it. She understands and supports it. Well, I'm in the same boat with my wife, who's, who's my law partner. We're going to go to dinner in a little while, and you're going to tell me, why do we do it at the wee hours of the morning? Why don't we do it during the day? Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to thank our guest, Angela Genova. Um, we're going to come back with Jeff Kern, who was in court today with Cardi B uh, at his side, his client, in a, in a big case. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Thank you, Arthur. Thank you. rainbow together we'll find For My happy heart sings Your love has given me wings The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service, preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Today on Hey Culligan, soft water, cleaner environment. What do you say, Greg? Hey Culligan. Are you saying if I have a Culligan high-efficiency water softener, I'm also helping the environment? It sounds like you're saying it, Greg, and yes, you are, because with the Culligan high-efficiency water softener, you'll use less detergent, soap, and harsh chemicals, and that's good for the planet. Now you're saying it. You bet I am, Greg. Soft water and a cleaner environment is already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test from a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. If all I put in my mouth is fast food and quick snacks, I'm not giving my body much to work with. And that equals a weak immune system and overall poor health. This man is getting 10 servings a day of fruits and vegetables. You heard me right, 10 servings. And that's not all. It sorts from 31 different fruits and veggies. That's a lot of nutrition. I give my body what it needs, great produce, and a lot of it, thanks to Balance of Nature. Great nutrition means a great immune system. My body has what it needs to stay strong and healthy. You ready to feel better? Then do what I do. I want you to experience the balance of nature difference. For a limited time, all new preferred customers will receive an additional 35% discount and free shipping on your first balance of nature order. Use discount code TATUM. Call 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Use discount code TATUM. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970. The Answer. next guest is someone who not only I will follow, I have followed. Um, I'm always uh, as, as for clear and transparent as I can be with y'all. Um, and Jeffrey T. Kern, otherwise known as Jeff Kern, 
uh, has uh, been a life, almost a lifelong friend. The older we get, the more of life he's, of my life he's filled up. He was uh, one of my supervisors in the district attorney's office, but more importantly, he's become a dear, dear friend and really a spectacular lawyer. Um, his uh, exploits in the district attorney's office are legendary. Uh, he is now the managing partner of the New York office of Shepard Mullen, which is a national uh, law firm here in the United States of America. And, and he runs the New York office, which is a really big deal. Like I run like 12 lawyers. He runs a lot more than that. Um, and he uh, he was in court today representing the very, very famous woman known as Cardi B. Um, so, Jeff Kern, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Great to be here, Arthur. Um, so, Jeff, what, look, I, I, a lot of our listeners don't even know who Cardi B is, so let's just talk about the case itself, the facts, uh, as alleged by the Queens County District Attorney's Office, a little bit about the history and where we wound up today. So, um, Cardi is a Grammy Award-winning hip-hop artist that stood the uh, uh, rap culture on its head by bursting on the scene about four years ago when the incident took place. Um, look, as I said, it happened four years ago. She was 25 at the time. She was young. And she got into uh, a social media feud with two young women, the Watley sisters, who were, quote, star tenders at Angel Strip Club in Queens. And she went there the night that her husband, Offset, of the group Migos, was, quote, hosting a party there, meaning they go there, they hang out so people can see them, they get paid. Um, but Cardi went with them, and uh, basically they were behind the bar pouring drinks. The strippers were above the stage behind the bar doing Excuse their me, thing. Excuse me, Mr. Kern. On this show, we call them dancers, okay? We're dancers. We don't go, we don't go with strippers. I forgot, I forgot where I was. Yeah, so, thank you. Thank uh, you. So basically what happened is uh, someone that was with Cardi threw a drink in the face of one of the uh, star tenders and a melee ensued in which bottles were thrown, ice buckets, hookers um, lasted for about a minute. Uh, and that was it. And so um, this was part of a, uh, as the DA alleged, this was part of uh, sort of a scheme that uh, Cardi uh, initiated to sort of teach this, teach these uh, young women a lesson for sort of vexing her on, on social media. And uh, what was the top count that she was charged with originally? She was charged with two E felonies, both attempted assault in the second degree. So that the incident I described happened on August 29th, and there was an earlier incident on August 15th at the same place where some young women went in and um, sort of roughed up one of the sisters. So we're talking to Jeff Kern, who is the uh, lawyer for Cardi B, who was in court today. Um, and uh, she was facing some, you know, significant jail time. I mean, for someone who uh, is, well, she was 25 at the time and, and who's a superstar and a multi, multi-millionaire. Um, so tell, tell us what happened with, regarding the courthouse and the courtroom uh, today. Where did we wind up after four years, Jeff Kern? So, look, as you know, uh, from your own extensive experience, no wine before it's time. Sometimes as both sides move towards trials, trials, the issues crystallize. Uh, people people uh, worry about litigation risk. And so uh, what coalesced is, uh, this is, again, four years ago, Cardi was a much different person. She was younger. Um, she now has two children, a beautiful four-year-old daughter, Culture, uh, a one-year-old son named Wave, and she's become a mother. She's become a spokesman for important causes. She uh, did a, a famous interview of Joe Biden to help his presidential uh, election. She did a get out the vote. She did free census ads uh, on behalf of the city to rally uh, immigrants and marginalized populations to participate when they otherwise wouldn't. She paid for the funeral of 18 people who perished in that horrific fire in the Bronx. Yeah, that that let's let's just let's just pause on that for a second, Jeff Kern, because yep. that that is what really impressed me. Um, you know, that was a, a horrible, horrible, horrible case of the, that fire of those people who died. Did she have any um, 
connection with that, or is she just heard about it and out of the kindness of her heart paid for those funerals? Now, she was born and raised in the Bronx, and she couldn't be any prouder of her roots. And she wants to go back and, 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 and help people out in the Bronx. And I don't know if you saw it, but she went back to her middle school. She surprised the students. They didn't know she was coming. She walked in. She was like a messiah. They were screaming, yelling. The school's chancellors were there, the principal Hunter, in the middle of her speech, inspiring them. She said, oh, I think you all need an after-school program here. How about if I donate $100,000? It was like no rock concert you or I have ever been to. So that's who she is. And in connection with that kind of spirit, with that kind of mentality, she felt that um, rather than go put the state through its proof, rather than her having to sit there, being away from her kids, uh, being away from her music, being away from the things that she likes to do best, um, we, we came to this resolution. And, uh, you know, she, she issued a statement today talking about how uh, uh, it was important for her to take responsibility and accountability. Um, this doesn't this this incident didn't define her. It's not who she is. She's a much different person. Well, Jeff Kern, the lawyer for Cardi B, tell us what was the resolution today? So the resolution is um, the district attorney's office dismissed the two felonies and Cardi pled to two misdemeanors, assault in the third degree and reckless endangerment. No jail time, no probation, no fine. But she's agreed to do 15 days of community service. And uh, I'll have to say that uh, two of our former colleagues, Judge Michelle Johnson and her counsel, Ivan Vogel, um, were instrumental in bringing this about. They, uh, they got both, encouraged both sides to get together. And so um, today, Judge Johnson administered the plea, and it went off without a hitch. That Judge Johnson was formerly uh, Michelle Armstrong, Assistant District Attorney of Kings County, correct? That is correct. Okay. Um, well, congratulations, Jeff. I mean, um, I know the pressure. I remember when I was representing Lawrence Taylor, it was a little bit more than an e-felony. But uh, the day that I was able to land the plane with a misdemeanor, uh, boy, was it a, a tremendous relief. Um, so I'm sure you're feeling that, that sense of relief, uh, as is her and, and, her, and your co-counsel, the, the great Drew Finley. Yeah, Drew is a prominent Atlanta-based attorney, represents a lot of um, hip-hop stars, a lot of NBA and NFL players. It was a pleasure to work with him. We made a great team. And, uh, yeah, listen, I think we feel, um, look, you know, you know this feeling, too. Um, this part of us who wanted to fight, our juices were flowing. Uh, it would have been great to get back in the courtroom. We had a lot of good uh, trial strategies, plans. We felt confident. But I think the DA's office did, too. And I think this what happened is the best. So um, Drew and I are happy uh, for Cardi. Uh, and now we're both going to move on to the next big thing. As we round up with Jeff Kern, that lawyer for Cardi B, just to show the world how small it is. So Jeff and I were in the DA's office together. He was my supervisor. Michelle Armstrong, who's now Michelle Johnson, who was the judge, sat to my right. Ivan Vogel, who's her counsel, sat to, sat to my left. And for the whole first year I was on Fox News, it was Shepard Smith in the middle. I was on the right, and Drew Finling was on the left. So uh, we're all connected, Six, not even say one degree of separation, barely. Jeff Kern, uh, the managing partner of Shepard Mullen, a very prestigious law firm and someone who I'm blessed to call my friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure, Arthur. All right. Folks, it is a wrap. What a great show. I had so much fun today. I'm going to go out to Joe G's and eat some real Sicilian food with my new friend, Angelo Genova. Have a great night. And tomorrow, we're going to have Geraldo Rivera. See you tomorrow. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.